Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor John and I are joined by Student Ministry Director Josh Schweitzer as we talk about their sermons in the series called Come Together. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching. Uh, This is episode 101, 101. There's a little inside joke going on right now behind (laughs) the scenes. Uh, We won't get into it. We'll tell you later. We won't get into it. If you want to know, you're going to have to call Pastor John. Um, But we're here with uh, Josh Schweitzer and Pastor John, uh, who who kicked off a new series this week. Uh, I was assisting in Vine uh, because I was on an anniversary trip the week leading up to it. So, uh, John and I talked, and John's like, you don't want to be having to prepare a sermon you know, before you go. So, I was like, yes, you're right. We've got great preachers that we can call upon. And this upon. wasn't just like number anniversary 11 yeah, and it wasn't anniversary 6 this, this is 20 anniversary Big 20 20, 20, yeah. 20 right. which uh john you you've been there how long have you and uh how long have you and monica been married Josh? uh coming up on three years yeah so, so really her. newlyweds mm-hmm. really yeah. newlyweds. Still john the, you still and, got the glow yeah you and you and seal have been married how long 40 this uh this august wow. will be 40 so that's a, another big one so yeah. you know when you get to those big ones and this is off topic but since since you brought it up john when you get to that, the big ones, that, that's, I mean... Do something. You do something, but yeah. you also, you, you take a little more time to go back and look at the wedding pictures. I don't, did you, did you guys do that, John? We when, have, yeah. During the big ones. Now, yeah, yeah. Like you said, when you're like, you know, 18 or something, you're like, hey, this is great. Let's go to dinner. But you really kind of take stock. Man, I was like a baby. I mean, it looks like... <laughs> ah, yeah. I saw some yeah, of the posts. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the first year I really felt like that, though. Like, I've looked <laughs> really? at them in the past, but this is the first year I'm like... And and I, I think maybe because my son Caleb is is now growing and he's well, he, he looks a lot closer to the yeah, way I did. I, it. 20, I was just thinking Caleb 20, the whole time. I was like twenty three, <laughs> yeah. and I'm thinking Caleb's twelve, and I'm like, man, he he and I don't look. So that's when I really I, well, and you you, you, you yeah. without a beard. I'm, I've known you without a beard. Yeah. Uh, you without a beard. Uh, I mean, I'd like to see you without a beard, uh, oh, Josh. See what that looks like. It's tragic. It's tragic. <laughs> <laughs> I, my my daughter would say if I because I have gone really short since I started. I. I started growing a beard in 2015 2016 so hanny really does i mean she was probably three years old so she does not remember me without a beard and one time i got it really really like tight Mm -hmm. um we were doing something as a family and 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 she hated it (laughs) who are you yeah so why it would probably freak out yeah Yeah. oh no i'm sure yeah yeah Yeah. especially why because he's only ever known you i mean i think hanny probably has this vague recollection Just of me without it but yeah you you and what i are we actually, talking about now well, oh, we're preaching yeah, but, right but, Sorry, but yeah, we we'll digress yeah. well, i was gonna say you and i look uh, i'll have to bring in some younger pictures of me you and i look similar when we we're younger so we you both were, have kind of thicker eyebrows okay, and yeah. we got the black you know black hair profile and, and now we both are gray yeah oh yeah <laughs> of course josh is josh is so like me. six four <laughs> josh is six four and uh you know 250 pounds and and i'm not so uh other than that, uh, which by the way, I, I enjoyed. Uh, I enjoy the picking on Tyson, um, the banter, on, yeah, <laughs> banter on Sunday. You know, and I, I don't remember, but I, 
afterwards I apologized. He's like, dude, I thought it was funny, but I was like, do they, I, did I mention that I know Tyson and we're friends? Cause I'm like, or does it just come off that I'm a oh, uh, some Adam, random bully? To Tyson? <laughs> oh, he was putting the, the stand up for you. Yeah. So you yeah. Saw. Yeah. Well, it was funny cause in the, our, our group, we have a yeah. group that meets once a month in our group text. Jennifer said, uh, she said, oh, and I'll just have you know, Tyson can lift anything he needs to or something like that. It's like, true, true, true. But actually goes to your, I mean, even goes to the messages that we preach this week, right? Because when you are in community together with people, there is that sort of, you, you, you can, if you yeah, yeah. didn't, so that's the difference. If you didn't know Tyson, if you, you would not have done that, didn't yeah. spend time, yeah. it would have yeah. been mean. Yes. I mean, maybe you yeah. still would have done it, but it would have <laughs> yeah. been mean. No, 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 definitely would not. <laughs> Younger Josh, maybe for maybe sure. But I know. Funny. I'm, I'm mature enough to know. Yeah. 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 That's the line of maturity yeah. to know and can bully people or not bully people. <laughs> well, the, jokes in particular. Jokes in, sermons, in particular. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you guys do, you guys have a group that you guys meet together on a fairly regular basis. And yeah, and we, we haven't kicked it off uh, this year, but uh, that spurred on the light. And when pretty are we much, doing this thing? And pretty much all of you guys in that group have little, little kids, yes. little, yeah. little kids. Yeah. Um, some have, a, some will have older kids in that group as well, but they also have taught little toddlers yeah. and stuff like that, which there's a whole, there's a unifying thing that happens yeah. <laughs> when you meet with other people who are also sleep deprived. Yeah. Well, yes. And I got to boast about something our church did. I know we're kind of um, going in a different direction real quick, but um, we do that family discipleship class all of us that are involved yeah. in this group came from that class mm. last year. And so we got to kind of know each other there. And that spurred once we knew, oh, we're kind of in the same, you know, life place. That That's what spurred on that yeah. once a month. And, and we, it took some tweaking and figuring out what was realistic for us and so forth. Especially but. with the little kids, because yeah. that changes yeah. the dynamic and it changes the demands and it changes how often. Um, but be, I, before we get into that, I mean, I, I do want to get into some of the nitty gritty of the messages. Um, but Josh, one of the things that John and I have talked at different points about is process. You know, how do we get from... Uh, idea, you know, you're presented with a theme, you're presented with scripture, um, whether you, whether you choose it or, or someone chooses it and says, Hey, preach on this to the actual preached word on a Sunday morning, for example, or, or, um, other times, what is the typical process like for you to get from zero to sermon to sermon on, on, on a, on a given time? And maybe I just amended amended a bit too. Is it the same on Wednesday when you're delivering a message for Wednesday as it is when you've got you know when you sure. got church on Sundays? It's the same process. Yeah. Well. So, uh, and and I think this is a good for any person learning to public speak or especially preach. Um, it is a lot different from you being in con- total control of your sermon series and the rhythm and and where you want to specifically go than it is to doing a collaborative effort. Yeah. To, to springboard off of either your continuing part of the series or you're starting it like we did this Sunday. Um, it is different. I would say my approach is different from that because I have to keep, um, especially as we're in this come together conversation, I have to, for me, when I look at the scripture and y'all, you know, and, and I noticed, John, you went, you didn't even really stick to Acts 2, which I thought yeah. was great. You kind of went, a, you know, a, not completely different, but you went with different mm-hmm. passage. But as I was looking at Acts 2, I don't want to stumble over subjects that you yeah, might we'll try again, to be yeah. talking about later. And, yeah. and, I, and I could have a tendency to go, 
Well, just do the whole thing. Yeah. I would have preached. Yeah, I probably would have preached just Acts two and just gone through the whole thing. But but we're kind of stretching that out and yeah. extrapolating it. And so I had to really kind of go. They're asking me to zone in on this particular. Try not to overreach these different uh, yeah. as much as, as possible yeah, to allow the space and the margin yeah. for the next conversations because yeah. nobody wants a series where we're just repeating the yeah. same thing every week. Um, yeah. And I think the series you guys have created is, is going to be awesome. I think there's so many practical ways you could kind of, you know, um, break that apart. But anyway, um, so zero to nothing. Um, because I work with teenagers, um, and I work with teenagers that are vastly different from teenagers three years ago that are vastly different mm-hmm. from teenagers three years prior to that. Um, I am constantly adapting what yeah. I have to do. I mean, and I, that's not a joke. It is probably why I have so much gray hair. Um, cause, <laughs> cause it's, it's, it's hard. And I'm speaking to kids that have lived literally almost an alien life to what I lived in the sense of technology and the sense of social yeah. media and how interconnections and social connections work. Um, so, but for any group that I go to, I, I would preach very differently for the classic group than I would the vine group that I would yeah. probably young adults that I would my group. Um, so when I look at a passage, uh, ultimately I'm praying, right? Yeah. Lord, where do you do I understand the passage? You know, are there there are things in there that I need to do some deep diving into to just get some clarity on, and um, and then ultimately I try to keep the group I'm preaching to in mind. Going, what do they need to hear? What is their specific struggles? Yeah. What is their what are the things that they need to hear drawn from this text? Yeah. Uh, that come naturally from the text. I'm not trying to like jam something into it that that we can draw out of it and then shape it from there. And that that's kind of the starting point. Yeah. Is. Well, contextualization. John and I talk talk about this all the time. Is the is the difference between uh, a pre- the preaching ministry and just you know. Uh, motivational speaking or, or, or TED talk, you know, kind of like, or even an, even an itinerant, or even an preacher, itinerant where preacher, preaching the same yeah. message to multiple audiences. They have no idea who they are. Yeah. Pastoral preaching is different than itinerant preaching even mm-hmm. because you're, you, you, it's, it's, it's more divorced from context, right? I mean, you're, you, you know, you go, the context is kind of set for you in the, in the, preaching ministry, you're here, you know, like Josh is in the community, John, you're in the community. These are people that you're not just preaching to, um, but you're pre and preaching for, but you're actually in life with. Makes a big difference. When you look look out in that room and you've gone to dinner with that person, you sat in the hospital with that person, you buried that person's mother, you, you, you officiated that one, that wedding over there. Huge difference. Yeah, it's way different. And and we've all done, I think Josh, you included, you've preached at other places where you did not have that. Well, and I'll speak to that quickly. I think that's the worst I'm at. That is the worst context I'm at. When you don't know anybody? I can take a guess and I'm... yeah typically good at guessing where they're going to be but but the truth is i am much better in 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 a a relational context of knowing exactly what this particular mm. group needs to be shepherded in and uh so i don't know i i've never gauged like it's hard uh, to gauge too when you're yeah, not there after I've done the graduation fact. speeches yeah. for christian I, and i'm like i don't know <laughs> they said it was nice but they could have just been you know been nice to me or something yeah how about the, how about the the uh, preparation for the delivery? Uh, so how how do you prepare? 
to deliver and and you know, we, all of us all, all three of us have something with us on stage like that notes yeah, of some sort yeah. and what are you looking at yeah so at this point of um so i practice a lot uh, to give you the kind of behind the scenes and i'm a out loud i tend to do circles somewhere y- y'all have probably caught I, I think zach you've popped in at some point when I'm, i've popped into you oh yeah do it at some points yeah. um so, uh, and for me, and I will throw myself under the bus, although I did check YouTube. I'm not, I didn't go the longest at any YouTube. <laughs> Zach, you also track at the same time sometimes, but, uh, I have, I have, I have, I was just, I was really glad that there was somebody else, um, at, at my, at my given speed, um, in terms of, uh, well, length weight. So, yeah. you know, Oh, you're talking about length of sermon? Oh, yeah. 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 But, yeah. but well, I, I knew you slipped in these, you know, 90 minute worship services. Are we 90 minute worship? Side note, Julie, my wife, who 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 loved the sermon, she she kept she kept every time you said that she looked over at me. Did we change something? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm glad you set the standard now, yeah, so yeah, I can yeah. prepare we, for it. We aim high for that, then they won't be surprised when we actually hit it. No, so um, you practice a lot. You do an out loud. Primarily, I would practice harder for Sundays, not necessarily because the group I'm preaching to, mm. but the time span I'm preaching to. Like, classic is really hard for me. I, I tend to be a little bit more. Uh, long-winded because i tell stories and stories right. take time right. i think um yeah i knew this sunday i'm gonna have elements of people kind of moving in and out so i already knew it was gonna go a little bit long just primarily because of the yeah. rope illustration or or just marcus yeah. being up mm-hmm. there with me and i i'm okay with that i think the feedback i've gotten was like i wouldn't do that every sunday but they were saying like we were yeah. locked in. We've talked about that in here. It's it's. I think it's harder to preach a shorter sermon because you know you have to be concise and yet powerful still, They're flowing still, and powerful yeah, and effective. Still, yeah. So it's you have to work. It's harder to do it. The old joke is that how long does it take you to prepare a twenty a twenty minute sermon? It takes me about you know fifteen hours. How long does it take you to, to preach a, a thirty minute sermon? It takes me about ten hours. Yeah. How long does it pre- take you to preach a, a, an hour long sermon? So I'm ready to go right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, because yeah. And, and, and to that point, because you, I think I don't, and I think people that are in. A creative field. Um, I, I don't. I, it's. I, I don't know that most people will consider pastoral preaching creative field, but it really is. And the and the hardest part of the, any creative process to me, and and I'm speaking for myself, but you guys have both done writing. Uh, it, it's it's the editing. The editing yeah. is the hardest part. I mean, I I finished my doctorate last year, and and the 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 the, the doctoral uh, paper that I put out was 177 pages. Um, and it should have been 150, right? I mean, that's what they—that's what the, the guidelines and and I stopped at you know I got it down to 172, um, and they accepted it at 172, which was good because I was like the editing was taking me as long as the writing yeah, brought, you know. And, that, and I think the same thing is true with with sermons. Now there are some sermons, I think like Christmas Eve, for example. Christmas Eve is a, a pretty easy message to get 15 minutes, yeah, because the. It's a it's a reasonable assumption that everybody in the room has a background on the story mm. you're about to tell, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the harder parts when you're talking about, you know, like the Acts chapter two or the Philippians two. Either one of those is you cannot have that a same assumption. Yeah. Like we're going into First Timothy four this week, and I when I'm starting to prepare, I'm like, I got to assume even in the classic service 
that nobody knows who Timothy is. Nobody knows who Paul is. No one's ever heard of Ephesus. And if they do, they don't really, they're not retaining the level of information about it that that we retain because it's not their job all the time, right? right? And and if they do have that level of knowledge, then they understand that we have a a, a responsibility uh, for those who don't. And so they're going to be okay with us as we give that little repeated section in that they would that they already know how much does it change josh for you so you you how many times would you say you 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 go through the entire message roughly before you've preached it in an ideal situation i mean a life happens yeah. but in an ideal situation how many would you like to get on get like through? a sunday like on a wednesday i'm probably only going through it maybe twice yeah um because i've gotten a better rhythm with those yeah yeah, yeah. Um, on a sunday it depends it, yeah. it like some subjects when i did classic last time Maybe twice I went over it. Just kind of flowed. I felt mm. felt great Better, about yeah. it. Mm. Uh, this one was a lot more editing. Yeah. Um, I tend to. Do you I'm, have like an ideal number in your head? You're like, man, I really. If I have if I have my choice and I have all the time in the world, I really want to get through it at least this many times before I go in. And you you feel like well well prepared. Do you have a number like that, or is it just kind of? Case by case depends on the passage. I would love it to be three times. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that's a good solid. Yeah. Um, my, my biggest issue on a personal note is the ending. I used to just go on and I didn't know how to end it well because when, when I would practice, I would get all that front stuff just yeah. to make sure things lined up. And then it, when it would come to the actual ending, I would kind of cut my practice off to be like, okay, I need to go fix this, that, and the other. Yeah. But then come, you know, preaching time. You've, you've. I don't know if you've ever done it, but you've heard some people where they kind of like start to repeat themselves at the end. Yeah, they, like they did, four, con- yeah. four conclusions. Yeah, yeah. they four didn't practice I've heard that before, finishing yeah. it. So, yeah. So, I, I, so typically, I really will practice the front end, the back end, and then, and then at and then that the, point, go through all of it. And John, you and I have talked about this, but and is this your practice? Is you like five times two rough, two rough times where I'm actually talking yeah. in front of my computer or something where I'm just. Saying the saying everything out loud, and then just three full top to bottom full times through where I'm talking it out out loud. And and in an ideal world, I'd go through typical. In an ideal world for me, I'd go I'd go front to back. I'd go six times in an ideal world. I rarely get to do six. Um, Classic, like Josh, what you said, I less fewer times for me in classic. Uh, I think because I feel ooh. I feel, and and John, you and I have said this before too, because there's a pulpit there. Um, I'm gonna, I stick to my notes a lot clo- more closely. Mm-hmm. I just do in classic. It's just, I don't know if that's, you know, I don't, I don't know, mentally if that's if that's the room, if that's the people, if it's the robe. I don't, you know, I'm not sure what it is. So I do it fewer times, but in an ideal world, six times. But John, you and I have talked about that closing thing, and and I don't remember if you and I said this before, but. Uh, I tend to start when I write the sermon, the, the opening, and then I jump to – I always know what the sermon is supposed to be about, and that's the closing. So I was like – we've talked about the one-sentence pitch, what mm. ev- the elevator pitch of every message. Like if you were to summarize this sermon into one or two sentences, this is what it would be. That's typically how I close it. If if you go away with nothing else, this is what I want you to uh, – this mm-hmm. is what I feel like God wants you to hear. Uh, but it is harder to get there. And then oftentimes the rushing at the end of the preparation, <laughs> sure. the closing is, is good. The other thing that's unique about the the occasional preacher as opposed to the weekly preacher, and this is something from my experience as, a, as an associate, uh, associate pastor, is I felt like I needed to 
get as I didn't feel this from you, by the way, Josh, but I, I felt like I needed to get as much into that. Mm-hmm. You know, th- I've been thinking about a lot of great things and you're going to get them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're getting them all right now. And, and um, <clears throat> I had one guy tell me, he said, you know, we're going to invite you back, right? <laughs> you don't have to <laughs> you know, say everything you, you know. You shot at this, right? You, know? <laughs> yep. Yep. you don't have to tell us everything you know about yeah. the atonement right now. That's, that's okay. You can so, come so, uh, so that's been, you know, from, that's another dimension though of, yeah. of, of an, uh, uh, what can happen in, for an occasional uh, preacher. I, again, I, I thought that yours was just very completely self-contained and appropriate uh, and uh, longer than I than I thought than uh, than, than typical, uh, but uh, but very very appropriate. But for me, I, I would just I remember preaching on the kingdom of God, <laughs> this little to- little topic of the kingdom tiny, of God, tiny ones. little thing, yeah. And it just I mean I was like wow. Jesus had nothing like, to say all, about that. All, so you and, all yeah. four of my points were sermons in and of themselves. Right. Like, so, <laughs> oh yeah, I've done that for, yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. So this week we kicked off a new series, uh, Josh and Vine, John and Classic. Uh, John, you and I really kind of, we we sat back in September, October last year, kind of mapped out yeah. the entire year from a series standpoint and really said, what do we want to kick off the year with? Um, and and <clears throat> a little bit of a preview to the series in last week's message on the state of the church. So that was, yeah. and that was an intentional thing. Uh Let's talk for a second, you and I, uh, and then Josh. Circle you into this. What was the what was the 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 value in starting this year with this series? Yeah, I mean, it's funny that when, when we had that conversation back in the fall. Uh, we were both feeling it pretty intensely yeah. that that uh, and we 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 both got it. Josh and I got it at this in this start off of this sermon series is that there's something that has shifted around us. Yeah, and we know that it is true. We see evidence that, that it is true. Let's address it. I mean, yeah. if, it, if there's anything that's really at the at the heart of what we were trying to do and what we were feeling at that time was like there, it is it, shifted. It's not that we're I mean, we're just as busy as we've ever been, but just that where where we had d- directed that busyness and where we had directed our, our time and, and attention was um, more to community, more uh, within the church, and it's just kind of drifted into other places beyond yeah. beyond having community, more to individual uh, pursuits and away from the church. And and I think too coming out of and I'm going to say this a little more boldly than I probably have said this. We've kind of said this coming out of the pandemic. Now the excuse level has dropped, and and I think we I, I think there have been studies after studies in the post pandemic era of uh, of the toll that uh, loneliness has taken on people in general. Mm-hmm. And if it if there's going to be a group that says um, hey, we have an answer for that loneliness problem. It should mm-hmm. be the church, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's part of it as well, too. And Josh, you kicked off your sermon this past week really diving into the problem, yeah. right? You, you you talked about the Washington Post um, article. What was it about, you know, was, was there a, sh- like, kind of a, I know when I heard it, um, I was with you, you know, that four and a half hour, you know, that was uh, the whole idea of it, you know, four and a half hours a week. 38% less yeah. time with yeah. friends. B- before the, the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So we, you could see the trend already going down that, that in, at least in our context here in America and with the rise of social media, yeah. we're just definitely, sp- but I, to me, the odd part was that extra time gained wasn't with our loved ones. It was being alone, which I'm assuming is scrolling and yeah. YouTubing. And uh, there was another, um, I don't remember if it was a podcast or an article that I read 
that I kept out of this message, but it was about college students, how they are delaying, they're taking extra studies and going further because they don't want to leave the social aspect because they're looking around at their parents and in the world around them and everyone's so fractured and fragmented that they know that that's the world they're going to enter in. So they're delaying leaving school because they go, this is the one spot that I know I'll still be around people um, socializing and talking. I'm like, man. And so I brought that up with somebody and, and I don't remember if it was Rob Bolton's or it's talking about his son or somebody like that was like, yeah, we're already noticing that ourselves that they want to kind of, yeah. well, let me kind of extend it here and do this. Mm-hmm. And it's, and a lot of it has to do with, I don't want to enter this world where I feel alone. We, we were not raised with the, uh, <clears throat> I was not raised. Maybe you guys were with the, the, the idea of what is now the hashtag adulting yeah. in mind. Is that, you know, there's yeah. a, that, that is a, this is what you were just describing is prolonging the sort of full entry into the world of work and family and job and all the, all the pain bills and all the things like that. You want to prolong that as much as possible. Yeah. But because I think, you know, one of the things, and, and I think social media is part of it. I, I think social media, I think, um, and I, I would be very interested to see kind of a, a, an overall breakdown of social media usage by age and time of day, because one of the things that I've noticed amongst uh, – and this is just anecdotal. This is not at all uh, – there's no st- statistic behind this, but you know, people that are in um, my generation, parents of kind of older elementary, young adolescent children and beyond that, the time element – um, in terms of the to-do lists, it grows exponentially as kids get older, right? So now it used to be, you know, I had my to-do list and my wife had her to-do list. And, and part of that to-do list was what our kid, you know, getting our kids to school. And then part of that was making sure they're in social situations and they're, you know, doing their thing. And now they're, now we don't have, you know, two adult to-do lists. We have two adult to-do lists and two kid to-do lists. Like my daughter has a set of things she has to do for school and for extracurriculars and, and all that. And, and, and my, my son is in the same boat, you know, he has all these things he has to do and, and in the management of all that. And so this, the time for, you know, community and social things it we see we've seen we're having to make a lot of conscious decisions to try to push back against that when my wife and I are, are right now currently in the process of making some pretty heavy decisions so that there are more there's more time where we're not clicking off to do's yeah. and getting into community with us and for our kids. It's just, it, it, it's crazy. And that social media kind of comes in at the rise of this, 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 I mean, you've seen it, Josh, too. You, you've you been in youth ministry for a while. I've been in mm-hmm. youth ministry. I've not seen, and you were too as well, John, uh, seen kids have to do so much to get to the next level of education. I mean, the requirements to get into college are ridiculous now. Not even just like grades and test scores, but and it because it, it's not enough to have the grades and the test scores. That's no. you are not getting into school if you've got straight A's and great test scores. And not also a bazillion extracurricular yeah. activities and community service, community service. entrepreneurial, this, yeah. that, and the other. Yeah, and, and so that creates this this harriedness and and isolation and loneliness gets pulled out from that as well too. So it's just the the, the problem is steep, right? Yeah, the problem is steep. I remember speaking probably probably maybe twenty years ago, eighteen twenty years ago, and and saying that. 
a subset of that isolation, that loneliness. I was just addressing men. Yeah. And saying that men don't have friends. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Men don't don't pursue that or, or value that, or, or or if they do value that, they don't do anything about it. And so there is a there is a there is an epidemic, a quiet epidemic among men. Yeah. And uh, I don't know that that that's that. That hasn't changed, if anything, it's gotten worse because yeah. of everything you were oh, describing yeah. at the beginning of the sermon. Well, and even C.S. Lewis back in the 50s was talking about that. I mean, there you, you can read, uh, I think, his letters to Malcolm. He talks about this idea of how he had such place a high, such a high value on friendships, but how he saw uh, men, men in particular did not – Create that the, the and and also too I think there's a there's a message a cultural messaging thing that goes on that the value is on you know your 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 identity is on what you do and what you earn and and all that not mm-hmm. not your relational identity is not nearly as as high a priority and and so I do think I mean it's, yeah. there's a no, an and, I, and I, I said uh, related. Topic a few few weeks ago in church said it, it, it does it's not very masculine it doesn't feel very masculine to say that yeah. but is incredibly human yeah absolutely to acknowledge that you know that's just the, the human condition is is made for community yeah and 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 so well, and, and often men are then getting married and that that vast hole that they have of not learning how to communicate and have yeah. conversation and be re- relationally connected to someone that's going to be probably be far more relational oriented yeah. than they are uh, in, in the broad sense. That's where the breakdown's coming down, right? It's like, I've never practiced at this yeah. thing, like yeah. learning to verbalize, uh, and not just my feelings, but learning to verbalize the things going on within me and, and how to take what you're saying to me and actually do something about it so yeah and 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 so the f- the flip side is the answer to that is the community right and so you yeah. we're the whole series is built on this acts 2 42 to 47 model of the church mm-hmm. right and in the heart of that is this little like phrase that says that they share all things in common right so the two, two sides of that one is the things and josh you talked about it being that material john you talked about the communities in which um there there are actual people that sell everything they have and they they dive in you talked about parker street over here or you talked about a community in seattle mm-hmm. um but then really both of you guys honed in on the common part you know they held all things in common this idea of unity john when you're looking at this the 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 concept of church unity is so huge and again yeah. so vast what where was it that you want, wanted to narrow your focus to say this is what unity in the church looks like and why it's so important well again i think it comes back to the <clears throat> the first is the motivation behind it is that is that it's it's very easy to be fractured yeah um, in life, and it's very easy to be fractured in the church. It's very easy to, to for people just to walk away from the church. I mean, mentioned even said that it's just to walk away because they get mad at something or someone, and off they go. And uh, and so so how do you how do you reclaim that? And that's why I, I thought the Philippians passage was particularly helpful yeah. because he gives you that you know almost a play by play. Well, it, it's not going to happen unless you're looking at these people differently. Yeah, mm-hmm. unless you're trying to see things from their perspective, trying to make sure you, these are people that you love and that that you are. You you know, you've got enough of your own ego under control that you can be selfless and kind of and, and think about what what they're going through. So, so, so part of it was just saying that if we're going to have a, a community that's going to be 
in anything. Uh, and I, by the way, I appreciated the because uh, I felt the same thing when I was reading the Acts chapter two. Is that is that we're not saying I mean, two thousand years have passed and we're not going to be the same we're the same community regardless. Mm-hmm. But the essential things, and I think it's how you were saying it, the essential things or, or the the uh, the essential qualities of what it means to be a sacred assembly have not changed at all. Mm-hmm. So if we if we're actually going to value that, if we're actually going to want that, then there's just some things that have to be true. Yeah. We have a guy in the church here, Bob Miller. He, he likes to say, "He likes to say, what must be true in order for that to, to happen?" Yeah. And well, what mm-hmm. must be true in order for that kind of community to happen is, you know, we we got to see each other differently. Yeah. And Josh, you 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 highlighted a couple of things. One is this idea of proximity. The the, the idea of it's 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 hard to be together when you're not actually together, you know, <laughs> not actually in the same space. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, when you are hot and you, you kind of brought up uh, uh, one of the kids from the youth group to talk about how you created proximity where proximity uh, didn't necessarily exist, right? You and Marcus, right? Correct. So yeah. talk about a little bit more of that relationship. I know there was a, you know, two, three minutes of interaction with you and Marcus up there, but how that relationship go, you know, where, as much as you can talk about where he comes from and where you're coming from. And then how, how do you create, how do you create, how did you create proximity to build a little unit, a little, you know, community with, with him and with a few other guys? It's a great question. Yeah. Um, that was pretty affirming, though. For that had to felt good oh, for you. Huge for him. He was glowing. He was yeah. Now for you man. to hear what he was having to say, because it wasn't Burger King that he was happiest about. It was it was it was that. It was, it was the was relationship. Well, yeah. And when I asked him, and it was it was like you know it was at least three days before, but yeah. I was still kicking around, speaking a process of whether why I was going to do that or not do that. Did I you know did that fit? And ultimately, yeah. So I asked him, and I was like, hey, I'm just really grateful because he said yes. I called him, and he was like. Well, I'm just grateful for everything you do for me and Yamil. And Marcus, even a year ago, I don't think would have ever even uh-huh. had the critical yeah. thinking to connect. So it's just been a, a miracle to see the Holy Spirit growing in him. That, that, but that's the joy, right? That's right. what I was trying to get across is like this is the actual me of mm-hmm. togetherness. So uh, to answer your question, Zach, um, I am always praying for a couple things. Margin, mm-hmm. you know. Realistically, mm-hmm. how much yeah. time do I have with yeah. my family and blah blah blah? Right, and I'm I'm a ministry guy, so I should clearly have a little bit more time than say the the, the individual who's working, you know, yeah. outside of the church. But do I have the margin? And what that means is I'm not going to be able to do this with every student. That's just a reality. Yeah, but I'm I glad have, you said that out loud too. Yeah, yeah. And, but I have other leaders, and so I, my job is to um, inspire and give them vision to do the same thing, yeah. so that we're multiplying here. But the second thing beyond margin is um, my expectation is I know the Holy Spirit's going to draw some people. If you're asking for it, he this is one of the ones that you ask God, he will answer this one yeah. <laughs> and almost immediately. Um, but how do I connect to them? And that has been, even here at First Press, vastly different than the way I had to do it at the last church I came from. Mm-hmm. And it is hyper-contextual. Meaning you have to find, uh, as as like you said earlier, their school and the things that they have to do have increased even in the last two years. Exponentially, yeah. To f- it's not that they don't want to hang out. It's to actually find time in a rhythm to do that has been really hard. You have to be really creative. And so that's where the Holy Spirit comes into play. So I'm just praying, God, can you find emerging something that we like doing together? Yeah. 
and it happened to be lifting weights. And, and, and it makes sense for me. I love and, 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 back, and, and just as a note for people that don't know, maybe they don't go to our church, aren't here. Um, we, we're we blessed. We actually have a weight room, mm-hmm. like which yeah. is not the case in a lot of congregations. No, no, yeah. um, actually, I've, I've been in churches that had them. They were, gig- I mean, like 10 times larger than this this church, but eons ago, someone made that a priority, and uh, we still have it, and it and it creates these kinds of opportunities for you, right? Yeah, and originally, and and I still do. I actually have a gym membership, and so some of the students yeah. will join me out there at the local gym. But I knew I'm only going to get so many students to be able to do this because I got to pay for a membership, pay, yeah. and I only have so many free, you know, whatevers. Um, so in God's brilliant move to plant that seed somewhere in the past to have it here, we've just seen that grow. And yeah. so um, with students, really with anyone, you have to find a common denominator, the thing that you got, you know, guys like to do things together, but in that building is where we start to bond. And I build margin and yeah. relational depth to then ask, hey, would you want to be a part of this? Hey, do you want to do this further? Do you want to go over here? And so... um that's how it happened with Marcus and I. Up to that point, though, Marcus and I would have good conversations. He always asked really great questions. That's actually what I love about Marcus. Um, one of the, the things I love the, the most out of him is he asked really good questions. And I've been trying to ask him, like, did you learn this from your parents? Or, like, where did you, mm-hmm. like, get the, And it just, I think it's just the way God uh, created him. Yeah. Um, because I know he's going to go so much further because he does ask great he questions. Asks questions. He knows yeah. how to get um, and apply good wisdom yeah. and coaching. Um, so yeah, so just genuine curiosity will go yeah. a long way. Oh, for him. huge! Yeah. Yeah. I can almost predict a student that asks great question has curiosity will always be more successful in their mm-hmm. future. Yeah, in whatever they do. Yeah, because even if they flail at something, they'll ask, "How do I stop flailing at this?" Yep. And then figure it out. You know. So one of the things that Josh said at the end, near the end, I thought it'd be interesting for all of us to kind of weigh in on is that. And and this again for those listening, this is very contextual contextualized to this church. Uh, but you said, and it's true, that we do mercy really, really well. We do, yeah. And you left justice, you know, ju- justice out there because it's kind of we, we do it okay, I, I guess. We, yeah. we have we have involvement, but maybe not not as much as we could or should. Um, but then you said that was your setup to we really struggle with this together part. Yeah. How do we see that? How do, how where do we see that we are struggling in the together part? I mean, I can. I, I, I mean, Josh is newer. I've, I've been. Uh, you've been here two years. I've been here nine and a half. And and I can tell you, this is one of the most difficult churches to to, to break into and, and find community and 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 the, and the tough part for a long time. And I've had I've I've heard other people say the same thing. Who 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 stay the course, they're determined, they like it, they like the worship services, they, they like some of the other aspects of the church, and so they're determined to find ways to get connected with people. But if you don't have that determination, it's very difficult because there's a couple reasons. One, Lakeland is a, is a, is a, is a, is a small town masquerading as a big city to some extent. Um, I love Lakeland, but, but it is, it's not a huge town. It's a hundred, less than a hundred thousand people. But, um, and so there's, it, there, it, this is an activity, uh, dense culture that we live in. I mean, even, even contextually in Lakeland, right? Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a ton of things that people can get involved in here in this, this city, right? Ton of civic stuff, ton of, uh, of clubs, ton of, 
so awesome, right? But that that pulls people in in different directions. One, uh, the other part is it's a very it's a very old established town. So this is one of the futures I've ever seen that have multiple generations that still go to church here, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And 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 so people have known one another forever, right? Yeah. And when you are it's very in, charming, I mean, I will say there's something right about is. that. It Absolutely is. Absolutely right about that. It is. But when you come in from the outside, even, and I'm going to back up and say this this is a very welcoming, hospitable congregation. That's not, they will welcome and love, and, and but to become a person that's, that gets into that place of being known, it's very difficult because just by virtue of the fact that everyone else has a lot of history together. Right. Already history. They, I mean, they talk about things, and then what? What? And I, and I'm, I, I will say, I have, I struggle because now I'm becoming more and more part of that problem because I've been here longer, uh, talking about things that other people don't have a, that history with, and that's an alienating thing when they're in that conversation. And the, the people that have been here a long time don't often realize that when they talk about a lot of those historical things in the presence of people that don't have that historical context, those people are kind of alienated from the conversation. These, these are the in people. Those are the not in people. And it takes a long time to get. And cause the only way that person feels like they can break in is to just be here a long time um, or to spend more time than they have available to actually, you know what I'm saying? Like, more time than available to actually be in community together. Does that make? That's just my observation. No, but I, but, it, but it, it, when you hear that, and 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 I I believe that, and I'm I'm still I'm three years, and I I have an advantage because I have a, a position of influence and 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 being a known entity. You had a fast so, forward button almost to that, and I had a fast yeah. had yeah. a fast track for that that got derailed in six months <laughs> after I got COVID, here because yeah. COVID. I got because it was nothing at that at that point. But um, it, it, just hearing that, though, it does seem to me that because that's true, that there's a lot of this generational presence here in the in the in the churches. That it's even more incumbent upon those of those uh, um, uh, who are part of that generational presence here to be even more intentional about the invitational n- nature Absolutely. of coming into community. The very thing that we, you'll, you wouldn't know this listening online, but we talked about it at a staff meeting this morning is the very idea that one person actually saying, I want you to come here. Yes. I want you to come mm-hmm. be a part of this. So the invitational nature of that becomes even more important in a setting, just like you're describing. And then to break, break off of what you said in your sermon, right? the 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 idea of of seeing um seeing other people and their needs seeing through the eyes of others right that it's it's the invitational part but then when that person when a, when a, when a person who's been very established here um invites someone in that they then see through the eyes of the person that they've invited hmm. And that they will not then prioritize staying with their group of friends and whatnot, but then they yeah. will say, "I'm." I always think of like when I was a kid in the you know my a military family, and John, you, you know, you grew up in the military. Yeah. Josh, your your family not military, right? No. Okay, so so going to a new school, right? There's a vast difference in going to a new school when it's on a military base versus when it's not on a military base. Not true. Night and day. 
way easier to break into a school break in that sounds really bad to to, <laughs> to, to find your social How many niche times did you break into right. school yeah tell just, me more about just this. about three or four um but it's very easy to find your social group and 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 get involved and feel like you have community with kids that also know what it's like to be new like they've they've done it nobody has a history in that school they 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 all know that they're in that that, that environment for two to three years. And so when they see a new kid, they are immediately invi- scoot over, make a little room. Absolutely. Yeah. Immediately invitational and immediately self sacrificing and selfless. Cause they want to, they're not interested. In, I'm just going to stay in my clique and that weirdo over there can stay with him, you know, by himself. They're like, no, 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 I've been where he is. I'm going to again, be where they are probably in a few years. I want to make. I want to create this environment of welcome and 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 bring community together. I remember when we moved to the military base in Italy, all military kids, everybody else around us spoke Italian. We were the only, you know, that was it. We were English speaking, and I remember very clearly kids coming up. I'll never forget this guy, and I'm still friends with him. Wayne Green comes up to me on the blacktop and says, "Hey, you know, ask me my name." And immediately, he and Brad yeah. and we were friends. Yeah. And and until he moved, we were yeah. friends. And then I, but by that time, I had other friends. Yeah. Fast forward a few years, moved to Texas, not a military school, totally different. I sat by myself at lunch for a month and a half. <laughs> And yeah. nobody talks to me. No, so it's just it. nine yeah. days. And are we going to be the kind of community that not yeah. just says hello to people and welcomes people, it says, no, I want to bring you into this yeah. environment, I'm going to be invitational and then and create that community environment. As, yes. you, as you can hear, Josh, uh, uh, Zach and I are actually working out our sermon illustrations for the next five, <laughs> five weeks right now. So, <laughs> Well, I, I have two thoughts that crossed my mind real quick. One was um, I think it is inherent to the core of being a Christ follower to want to share. Yeah. So when you have something good, whatever that is, um, and maybe maybe because my personality is more in the coaching realm, I tend anything I absorb, anything, knowledge, fun movie, uh, lifting weights, whatever it is, I the first thing that comes to my mind is how can I share this? Who do you want to pass it on? I want to give yeah. it to someone. I just yeah. love doing that. Yeah. So you know, but I think there is a part where the Holy Spirit has to create that sharing. Um, aspect within us and grow that because if I have a group and we have this kind of holy huddle that's just beautiful it's been you know uh, generations long we've grown up together that's amazing but does it dawn on you as you're going this is so yeah. fun and amazing I want to share this with someone I want to bring others into this mm. and the only way that's going to happen is through the prayer of going God can you create in me a desire to share 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 right. which right. is the all in common thing yeah. right? The second thing, I will poke back at a little bit, and maybe this is from an outsider's perspective, coming into this local church in particular, um, and and feel free to, because I don't have the history, but I have noticed from them themselves that the pockets that were generational are diminishing. They are growing smaller. Sure, sure, yeah. So so I actually think even the ones that were doing that really well at some point, I've now, as I'm listening to them, do you remember, do you, you know, kind of doing the the back in the glory days sort of conversations yeah. and there's less of it going forward. So even the ones that have had that provided at some point, there's a struggle there yeah. with continuing it now in their current context, maybe with older teenagers yeah. or, you know, empty nesters. Which is why I think there's been an, and John, John and I've heard this. I think that's why there's been a, a, a an increased amount of people 
asking the questions about how do we get back together? How do we get because because some of those generational pockets have diminished. Uh, some of that's COVID related. You know, people either got out of practice or they moved or you know, unfortunately they passed away. Um, and so now they're like, well, wait a minute. The church was always the place I, I, as it should be, the place where I felt like I was connected and could grow. How do we get that now, right? And I think the the the, the answer is to 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 what you just said, Josh. John, you said it a little earlier in the staff meeting, but I think it's important is that uh, others have to take the responsibility to be invitational. And then open after the invitation to actually say, I'm going to walk with you into this community right. and, and we're going to build relationship together. I, I, you know, I, I, think, I, I think there's another piece and I'm, I'm reminded of my, you know, my cousin who was working at a large church church in another big city in this, in this, um, this state. And, and one of the things they talked about a lot was lowering the, the, the difficulty of doing the thing you want them to do. Yeah. In other words, lowering the difficulty of do it for people to do the thing that, that a ministry leader wants them to do, whether that's in giving, whether that's in signing up for volunteer, for what, whatever that is. I think we have a responsibility. And this is something that, that it's Josh and I, you, you and I, have, we've got this big project out there that we know we want to work on, which is saying, how can we to, to use my cousin's language, how can we lower the difficulty of actually finding these kinds of groups? Because I know people who, who who have family members who have come to the church and wanted to come to this church but couldn't find the thing that they were looking for, and we didn't really have the handles or the places or the or the the, the tools. Or I mean, there, there is the there is the invitational part of the people, which is the, which is the key to success. But there's also this sort of this this almost a structural piece that needs to be in places. That how do we create connection points? How do we mm-hmm. create ways for people to actually meet so they can have be in a setting where they can invite? And do we do we do that with intentional connection meetings and the in between services? You know, what do we do with that? That's a that's a work that I. I think we still have uh, before us as a church, and and also empowering the individual congregants to be creative, like what you were talking about, Josh. Praying, telling you know, getting them to have the the individual kind of wherewithal to say, "I can't wait for someone else." Like the people that have been here a long time that are leaders, and they, like I can't wait for someone else to create this. I, what what's stopping me from just saying? I, I, I want I want to create a community here that I get to know people. And, and guess what? 100% of the time, Pastor John, I, we're going to say, yes, go do. Yeah. Let's make, what do we need to do to help you make this happen? Yeah. But you go and do because that's going to be way more powerful than just us creating a new, you know, a new program or a new whatever. Not that those things aren't also connection points, but just someone saying, Hey, you know what? Like, like the community that you're in, Josh, that wasn't anything that we as a community, you know, as a congregation in some sort of ministry committee said, we need to create this small group of parents that have young toddlers. It just was like, no, we're, we're just going to call each other up and say, Hey, let's go have dinner and let's do this. Yeah, organically, we, we uh, the, a bunch of guys met yesterday. We're we're starting that up too, um, and uh, that's I was trying to drive the conversation in an organic way to going like, how do these things even start? And and what we finally arrived on with some rabbit trailing there <laughs> was at the end of the day, it takes just one person going. I'll make that phone. I mean, literally, it's yep. I'll make that phone call and follow yep. up. That's yeah. really if you were to boil it down to, it's one person going, "I want to do this, and then I will do this." Yeah. And uh, I, I was just thinking, like, um, 
at the end of the day, if we want to see this grow, we're going to have to encourage members within the church to go. If you want to see it, you're going to have to, you're going to have to take a hold of this. Yeah, absolutely. And just tr- and try it. And if it fails, there is no failure. There's to no me, failure. There's you know, no like, failure. What is it? The Wayne Gretzky office. Uh, you miss a hundred percent of the shots. You don't, you don't take. take. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's like, what's the worst case scenario? They say no. Then at least you tried, yeah. right? Rather than kind of tossing the idea around and never getting well, anywhere. Well, and and you could even go and we talked about this last week a little bit. You know, you can even look at like a pro, like a project like the Oasis project as an example of you can't fail if you try, right? So, right. but the initial vision for Oasis, that project for the homeless students at Lakeland yeah. High School, is vastly different than what it is right now. Oh yeah. Because they had an idea, God gave them an idea, um, they got it on the ground, they recruited people, they, they, they had financing and everything. And, and at the initial like five weeks, no kids showed up <laughs> yeah. or six weeks. And, and very easy to pack it in and say that was a failure. That, you know. But it wasn't because those, the, the folks that are at the head of that, Gwen, you, Josh, uh, Anna, Alan Cleveland, uh, you know, a bunch of other Nancy. I mean, we go on and on and talk about the people that were involved in it. Said, no, 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 it's not a failure yeah. because maybe we should go to them. Maybe we got to just shift, right? Yeah. And following the lead, I think conversations you had with with them, Josh, saying, hey, what if we did this? And and seeing what God because it was the but it took the it took the initial idea that wasn't God's ultimate plan to get them on to get the folks on the page to say this is a this is important right and so for people to to have a, a sense of excitement over entrepreneurially saying I want to start a group where I just get to know people and pray with people and do life with people and where we can meet each other's needs and 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 if if someone's in the hospital we're showing up and if someone you know is moving we're there like how how like how awesome is that and if it doesn't look the way you thought it was going to look at the beginning and it just stay the course and it's going to look the way God wants it in the end anyway yeah i think there's a tiny short little book from Kevin DeYoung i don't know if you guys know mm-hmm. uh, who that is mm-hmm. and it says just do something yeah um it's yeah. one of my yeah, favorite yeah, yeah, books yeah. cuz it's really short but at the end of the day he goes just do it right yeah. like just nike it like at the end of the day just do the thing you think you want to do and what he's aiming at is the Holy Spirit will close doors that he needs to close, yep. and he will redirect you where you. And and that is a faith process. I it think. is There's absolutely. A, we as Americans, we love to have a preset. We know how that we like to go statistically. What are the success to to failure? You know, paradigms here. And we but, don't want to wait a long time to get there. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We want to speed this bad boy <laughs> up, be, right? Be right out of the box. How do I McDonald's right. this ministry, right? <laughs> and but the reality is with Oasis. And again, I've done this long enough to know how these kind of things work. You could hear like, it's not working. And and, and I get it. I'm, yeah. I'm with them. But in the back of my head, I'm going, I love this because if the Holy Spirit doesn't show up, this becomes nothing. But I just trust, we just trust that he's going to, he's going to, and we're going to keep it. To me, I call it throwing spaghetti at the wall. I'm just yeah, going to throw sticks, yeah. things until something sticks. And I don't count that as a failure. I count no, that no, as no. A, being adaptable and being willing to shift to where God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, we could keep going. We could talk more and more about this. This is why it's a whole series and not just one sermon because there's there's a lot of elements to this. And and uh, this week we're going to talk about another element, which both of you guys touched on, which is the whole idea of uh, uh, the community of the church is unified around the person of Jesus Christ. 
So this week we're going to talk about, well, how do we know who Jesus is? What does that look like? We're going to talk about the teaching ministry of the church and, and the importance of teaching. But uh, Pastor John's going to be in classic in this classic. week, back in classic. I'll be back in Vine this week, um, and uh, we're going to keep 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 going at this. It's going to be a great time. So if anyone missed uh, this past week's sermon or any one of our sermons, uh, feel free to visit fpclakeland.org to the worship page. Uh, check out the sermon tab. You can watch complete services. Uh, you can also check us out on YouTube to search for FPC Lakeland. Uh, you could subscribe there. We're at, I just, I, I say this, I'm, I'm, I'm breaking my flow, so I'm going to forget something later. I just noticed we're at 499 subscribers on, on YouTube, so you could be the fifth, fifth, 500th subscriber. There's no prize. Come on now. <laughs> There's no prize for it, except you can know you were the 500th subscriber click, on YouTube. Click that, click that button. Uh, and, uh, and, and also, if you've missed any one of our episodes of Armchair Preaching, be sure to check us out on uh, podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Subscribe there as well. Like it. Share it with your friends. Uh, have great conversations with people like Pastor John and Josh Schweitzer and uh, more to come. So thank you guys for the 101st episode of Armchair Preaching. And uh, thank you guys for showing up. Glad that you guys were here. Thanks, man. And Thanks. we'll see you guys all next time. See you later. See you.